Did that really happen? That's a question I'm sure Virginia Cavalier fans were asking themselves this morning and frankly were asking when they were watching Wisconsin dismantle them last night. It absolutely happened. In fact, I think if anything, it's confirmation that this Virginia Cavalier team, it's not time to panic by any means on Tony Bennett's squad. They're 4-1. and one. They found a way to get a win against a tall, athletic, and not as physical as Wisconsin, but still physical Florida team about 10 days ago. So it's not impossible to believe that Virginia can get the ship righted and figure this thing out. But it also was a real checkup for this team to verify that there are certain things this team cannot afford to do. One of them is you can't really give an inch defensively. You're going to have to find a way to move your feet around if you're Virginia on the defensive end. Tony Bennett was rather frank about that, that they could not afford to be late like they were at certain points when Wisconsin's guards were able to move and get penetration and get toward the rim last night. You know, you always have that feeling we're, we're first or we're there, we're anticipating. We were late and behind and second, whether it was the post trap, whether it was, uh, you know, a, a lead screen DHO and just being there. And, um, and I, I felt like they got us behind and we were a little... Um, a little lackadaisical or just behind the play, and that hurt a lot. Lackadaisical and behind the play. Look, if you're a team that does not have size, you can especially not afford to be that way like Virginia was last night because it looked like they were in quicksand defensively. It also looked like they were in quicksand offensively, and that's also a concern for a team that theoretically should have guys that can score. And Reese Beekman had 17 points. But Isaac McNeely on the bum ankle only had nine for Virginia. And he only attempted one three-pointer. That might tell you something about him. You need more out of Ryan Dunn, who only had six. Rhodey had five. Leon Bond only played 13 minutes and gave you pretty much nothing other than a missed field goal and, you know, one block shot. But that's really it. I mean, you're going to have to get more out of that if you're Virginia, especially given uh, when you go up against teams that have size like Wisconsin did. Virginia's going to have to neutralize that. Somewhat with athleticism, but some of it's also the mindset of Virginia. Now, the athleticism Virginia has, the mindset is something that you would think can be coached and cultivated if you're Virginia, because these words from Tony Bennett afterwards should especially sting to the players even more than they do to the fans who saw Wisconsin control Virginia, particularly in the second half, 65-41. And the toughness and the completeness of you know, the guys that have played, they're all those guys, and you see that. So I thought they, they played really well, and, you know, they imposed their will, and, um, you, know, we, um, you know, we fought to get it back. But uh, in every way, uh, they could stretch it out, and that's a bad feeling as a coach, and I think our inexperience certainly showed, but uh, you still got to be a little, little sounder and tied a little tighter than that. They played their way. They imposed their will. Our inexperience showed. Those are things that you would think if you have players with character, and I would venture to say that when you're a program like Virginia, Tony Bennett, pillars, the five pillars that everyone talks about for that team, that you're going to be able to work through those challenges. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, I don't think this team has quite the upside that other Virginia teams have had. They don't have enough bodies developed down low. By the way, LaFonso Ellis will give his assessment on this as well. Around 540 today here in the fast lane, the 
former ESPN, now Fox and FS1 broadcaster, who was on the call for that game last night and will call Virginia's West game against West Virginia tomorrow night. He's set to stop by with us, friend of ours here in the fast lane. But for Virginia, there are really only three bodies down low. There's Blake Buchanan, who's a freshman, who's going to give you something, but clearly he needs a year or two with Mike Curtis to develop his strength. Most of the better front court players for Virginia, when they've stuck around and showed mental toughness, it's been their junior and senior years where you've started to see what they're really capable of. So Blake Buchanan, to use the phrase from our guy, Michael Lombardi, GM Shuffle, podcast host, and three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive. He uses this, of course, with NFL players, but we'll cop it for Blake Buchanan because I don't think this is off base. He's a year away from being a year away physically for that role. I think Ryan Dunn is close, but... I mean, the best-case scenario, you're you're stretching him out more and you're playing him out. And then there's Jordan Miner, who has the size, at least a compact 6'8", 230 or so, is his size. Not a lot of height, but again, enough physicality there. Maybe Jacob Groves, if you stretch it out and find a way to use him down low. But that's the reality for this Virginia team, is that that's something that's going to really be difficult for them to address because they were absolutely dominated. On the, on the glass, 48-21 to 21 rebounding edge, Wisconsin over Virginia. You want to really put that into context? Virginia had 21 rebounds. Wisconsin had 20 just on the offensive glass. Let that sink in for a moment. Virginia got totally out-physicaled by Wisconsin. And to his credit, Tony Bennett understands that, but understands there may be limitations on what they can do to solve that you know we're not the tallest or the thickest really uh and so that was the most physical team we've played up to this point and um you know when we played florida we got hurt on the offensive glass too they weren't quite as uh, mature as as this team but you can see the continuity i mean that team could have been an ncaa tournament team last year went to the uh, final four of the nit and they brought most of their guys back added some nice pieces and uh, I think Greg's got a, I think he's got a real nice squad. I, I, I can see that, and they know how to play, and the, that experience showed. Tony Bennett, speaking on Wisconsin, and now they've got something Virginia doesn't have. Physical maturity, continuity of being together. Virginia can get some of that by just playing games over the course of this season. Some of that is just going to have to come over the offseason and the hope that you don't lose key guys to the transfer portal for Virginia or in the case of a guy like Ryan Dunn, who's got NBA tantalizing NBA athleticism, maybe earlier than you would want and earlier than you expect if you're Virginia. You need all the help you can get, particularly guys that can provide something down low. And yes, they replaced Shedrick and Caffaro with Jordan Minor, but between that and Blake Buchanan and then the plans to still redshirt the Robinson kid, which I agree with, by the way, for Virginia. But again, you may be a year or two away from solving this unless you're able to get those guys out of the front court because... Tony Bennett didn't just say it in the clip we played a moment ago. He reiterated that one of the advantages Wisconsin had, and that's going to be an issue for Virginia for much of the season, is the lack of front court maturity. And then, of course, their offensive rebounding was significant whenever either they missed a shot or you had a good stand. And, you know, to give up that many offensive rebounds was very challenging, too. So uh, they were more patient than I've seen them be in this game. And I think, you know, they played two real tough, Greg and I talked about that after, real tough games. Tennessee is, is so good and so physical and, you know, going on the road against Providence, um, and I'm sure they learn from that, but their their maturity and their experience of their front court players and really, you know, all of them really showed. Tough, physical, mature. Those type of players for Tony Bennett in Virginia, they're really, 
Uh, they've got to have. And this is the type of spot where, again, developing the volume of players. There's only so many for Virginia in the front court. This is probably going to be a theme that we mentioned through much of the season. That's that's not something you're going to solve immediately. You're going to need to get your front court players to play as well as possible, as often as possible, and there's going to be a lot of cobbling it together if you're Virginia. You've got to be quick defensively, as Tony Bennett mentioned, kind of at the first clip that we played, because you've got to make up for the lack of physicality, particularly against another team that kind of wants to play Virginia's game, but is just better equipped to do that. Wisconsin's playing slow ball like Virginia is, but they're a more physically mature team, so they can go deeper than Virginia does. Not to mention that nine guys for Wisconsin played 10 or more minutes last night, so they were able to really rotate and keep bodies fresh, and they've got size down low. Now for Virginia... You're not going to make players magically bigger over the course of the season. That takes off-season development because you need time to rest the body when you're growing it physically. And that's not going to come in the season when you're trying to get guys bigger and better. Some of that can change, though. You can get in a better cardio shape and pick up things mentally, and it can slow down for you like a Jordan Miner who played about five minutes last night. And Virginia's going to have to get more out of him. But for guys like Blake Buchanan, there's only so much. And if if you can get more out of them or enough, it at least frees up Ryan Dunn to play a multitude of roles this year, which is a less than ideal spot for him. Even when you look at the professional game where he's going to be asked to stretch it out more, not be a pseudo post player because Virginia needs him, but the NBA doesn't really view him in that light with his body. So those are realities. And for Virginia, this game can go two ways. It's early enough in the year where you should learn something, but... It is a humbling game that for Virginia has to be a wake-up call to the fact that they couldn't really create offensively to bail themselves out. And God knows they've got size defensive deficiency issues down low that made this a humbling game. It's, you know, for all of us, it's humbling to go through that. But this is a long game. This is how can we get better, keep working. And we knew with this inexperience we'd, we'd face some of this and we got to just keep finding ways to, to take a step. But I think the film will show a lot and we lost our way defensively for sure. And then we got to make... You know, do a little better offensively, of course. Lost our way defensively. The other question is, have you lost your way when it comes to the best deals for you? Well, thankfully, InsaneRadioDeals.com, Black Friday special. Doesn't begin on Friday. Oh, no, 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 no. It begins tomorrow. Stay tuned to find out just how much you're going to save for an entire week. You bet your bottom dollar. It Um, starts tomorrow. You're darn right it does, Trey. It starts And tomorrow. hopefully there'll be sun, because today was a rainy day. Yes, well, that is the value of InsaneRadioDeals.com, is there are activities there that will be extra special, that can give you the opportunity to enjoy rain-like conditions, whether it's... You will not have a hard-knock life if you take advantage of these deals. There you go, Trey. I think you finally got the references I was uh, making. I am starting to figure those out one after the other after the other. So anyway, yes, that is part of what you will get for insane radio I think you're ready for the break shopping. today my friend like the thanksgiving break you got your glasses on like you it's kind of like you don't even want to know trey i i, I am it I'm seems like today's been a day i'm not gonna lie trey that 10k for the star city half marathon and 10k hey took quite a bit out of me you finished second that's I good mean, you know i'll take it trey but my body wasn't properly fueled to say let's go for this thing and give the guy who won the event and would have gotten me a PR if I had been able to hang with him or maybe catch him, which I certainly wasn't close to that day. Um, it, I couldn't even give the guy a run for his money. Uh, not that I was for most of the race, but I figured it out pretty quickly. And I learned my body is just in need of a reset button. So you're right, Trey. I am ready for the Thanksgiving holiday. 
Much like you're probably ready for other headlines, which we get to right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. College football playoff leaders are inching closer to adjusting the 12-team playoff format, which comes into play next year. Sources have told Yahoo Sports. Everybody knows where this is going to end. The sources have indicated, and this is the reality, that it will go from six automatic qualifiers, presumably the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, plus the highest-ranking Group of Five member, and then six at-large berths to five and seven. Well, the reason it's going from six and six to five automatic qualifiers and seven at-larges is, of course, because the big programs want to get more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. But the other reason is with the dissolution of the Pac-12, and it will probably keep that name and basically morph into Oregon State, Washington State, and the Mountain West Conference, which really is in the Pac-12. Though probably next year. Yes, at some point it will get to that point. But nobody is being fooled, including the college football power brokers, the folks who have lots of power. power. They will not be fooled, and they will not be deterred. And making sure they have the right bids and opportunities for themselves. So here's what it's going to be. The highest ranking group of five, plus the best finisher out of the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12. Those are your five automatic entrants. And then seven at-large berths that could go to Notre Dame in a good year, plus schools from the other conferences if they have really good seasons. This doesn't really change a lot. It is more semantics than anything else. Number four. Speaking of college sports, but on to basketball. A great stat from Beth Mowens and Debbie Antonelli regarding the broadcast as this has come out. Uh, the Virginia Tech and Iowa, their trip to Charlotte 10 days ago, 11 days ago now, generated roughly $10 million for the Charlotte area. That's right, an early November game featuring two teams not from North Carolina and into many, the much ballyhooed version of sports, which is women's sports, not us, because we value women's sports here in the fast lane. But to many, that is the truth of that impact. It is a major economic impact. It speaks to what we've said for a long time, that you may not be the biggest fan of women's sports, but there is increased interest and fanaticism towards it, including the fact that over 15,000 packed the venue for that aforementioned game. Speaking of Virginia Tech Lady Hokies basketball, by the way. Number three. In the tune-up for the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies going to the Cayman Islands. Should have been on this one, Trey, to make sure I got the work trip approved sooner. Unfortunately, I was a little too little too late on that one. But Virginia Tech knocked off UNC Greensboro 72-51 last night. Liz Kitley, 31 points, 10 rebounds. Double-double for Virginia Tech. Kind of felt like they were in economized mode entering last night's game and just building themselves up to where they could assert themselves but not have to expend maximum energy. It was a game management, or in the proper basketball terminology, load management type of game where Virginia Tech serve conserve some energy before they get ready to face Kansas and Tulane. Number two. Speaking of women's basketball, Virginia Cavalier women's basketball, great atmosphere for their game Sunday against Oklahoma and a game that should serve them well and be a good marking point for them. But the reality is this, they lost to Oklahoma and they were 
they, they suffered over the course of that game as Oklahoma was able to pull away and really kind of out physical a Virginia team that wants to be physical and crash the boards. It's a good learning experience for Coach Mox's team to have that type of game. If you presume that they can stay healthy, it should be able to boost them come ACC play to realize how far they are from being a top 25 team. But it's the type of game where if you're trying to build a program, you're going to stumble through those. If you're a Virginia Lady basketball fan, just remember Virginia Tech took them to probably six or seven years when Kenny Brooks started to get the talent and get the continuity and experience built up to where they could perform well. Virginia, they are far away from that. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. History was made today in the Steel City. I cannot tell you how many people have hit me up already. Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the first time since 1941, making an in-season coaching change by firing offensive coordinator Matt Canada today. Some people think it was the opposite of too little, too late. This should have happened way sooner than it did right now. Um, at the end of the day, Kenny Pickett was not developing, and it didn't seem like Pittsburgh found a system that could utilize all the playmakers that they've had around Kenny Pickett. From the frustration that Najee Harris has had to Jalen Samuels being over-relied upon, uh, and he's played well, but you need other players to step up. To the lack of development at the wide receiver position and the inability to feed the mercurial talents of George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Calvin Austin, the slot receiver who's never really come along. Uh, I mean, we've outlined a number of players that just never developed under Matt Canada. I would not at all be shocked. I know we mentioned this earlier when our friend Jeff asked this question a couple of weeks ago, but Byron left, which just seems like a logical fit. Unlikely in season for Pittsburgh, but uh, clearly an eye, uh, a guy that you should keep your eye on and clearly somebody whose attention has been brought to this particular opening uh, and I'm sure will be in heavy consideration come next year. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Much more what he said and what he meant on the Virginia Tech Hokies and getting into the weeds on the Virginia Cavaliers. That will come tomorrow. Plus, we hope to connect with Bud Foster, former Virginia Tech defensive coordinator and host of Foster and Friends, Saturdays 9 to 10 a.m. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But when we return, we will talk football, high school football, and maybe a little Liberty Flames as well. Ben Cates, NewsAdvance.com, slated to step into the fast lane next on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.